When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. scary you bet Kettle Whistle Radio. You're listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. Kettle Whistle Radio. Kettle yeah. Whistle. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to KWR. Glad to have you back. And that was Julia and Diane Castiglione. With their father, Jim Castiglione, who you're about to hear an interview with, uh, about his work as a writer. And he is a phenomenal one at that, and you'll hear a live reading from him too. And a little music by D Factor. Thank you, John Young. Alright, and let's get back with Jim Castiglione right now. Welcome to Kettle Whistle Radio. This is Dave. How you doing? Hey. Hey, I got somebody with me, and uh, his name is Jim Castiglione. Writer extraordinaire. I know I say extraordinaire <laughs> all the time, but this time it's, it is actually extraordinary. Um, Jim Castiglione is going to give us a live read from his work, By Hook or By Crook, A Fishmonger's Tale. Now, don't be fooled by a title because this thing has more twists than, I don't know, you tell me. Yeah, it, it's it's been great. You know, uh, growing up in New York and having that slant on things, it, it's been uh, been amazing. Uh, I was a fishmonger at one time in the early 80s to mid 80s, uh, in New York. 
working my way through. Uh, for me, it was a means to an end, but to, to circumvent and come back, it's been really amazing. Uh, I was working on becoming a psychologist at the time and uh, working in the hospital and then seeing that other aspect of the, the street mentality. Uh, it was great. And, you know, they often say writers should write what they know, and it's, I have such a vast experience. So and I, there was a time period there that... Now, what time are we talking about? Like, Oh, in the story, it's... Well, it's no, a, you, you. Oh, me. You, you being there. Uh, 80, 84 to early 90s so new york was still dirty back then very the, much so yeah the tail end of the 70s mm-hmm. there's a lot happening there and anyway anybody that thought the mob, the mob didn't exist is nuts but right <laughs> yeah, but then there were the, well the wannabes sure and that's who i dealt with mainly uh people who uh dabbled with uh yeah different things it, it was it was a time period in our in the life that you get you got by by any means necessary. There was always a hustle. There was always something to do on the side, and uh, yeah, they're just very colorful characters. And I'll always remember them. I've had a lot of wine that fell off the back of a truck, and <laughs> yeah. it was the best wine I've ever had in my life. I won't say who, where, or what, but it was definitely it was called street wine, and I'll never I hear forget. You. And you, you, if you went to the person that gave it to you and you say, "Hey, where can I buy it?" You can't. <laughs> and if you did, you wouldn't want it. So <laughs> right. So, yeah, I understand the world you're talking about here, and I've read some of your stuff, and it's fun, it's amazing, and this guy depicts, I mean, you open up this, these worlds that, well, people, you know, they're, they're gonna say, oh, no, oh, Goodfellas, or, you know, all the, the Robert De Niro flicks, alright, fine. No, this is coming from a real place. Uh, a Bronx Tale, De Niro, came from a real place. And that, that dude did not turn out so well. But, um, this comes from a real place. You were in that world, and the, that, like you said, writers write what they know. So, mm-hmm. well, if you, when, whenever you're ready. Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, just a little background. The uh, the main character is named Vinny, and he finds himself in an interrogation chamber, and he doesn't quite know why he's there. He's kind of a uh, ineffectual, and he, he's a daydreamer, and his world is so chaotic that he reverts to an internal environment. So uh, I have the interrogator asking him, uh, okay, then tell me about more about the day and about your deliveries. And then he says, never got to do any of my deliveries today. I was at the counter all day. The lights in the case at work were not functioning properly. And uh, we see a finicky customer examining uh, some flounder through the glass. Vinny's pulling out all the stops because sales have been off. The customer goes, uh, when did the flounder come in? It came in this morning. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm going to check out the meat selection. Oh, what gives? Thought you were interested in the flounder. The fish looks five days old. We see Vinny lean across the case towards the customer with intensity. And in a menacing fashion, he says, Hey, pal, you think I could sell something that was five days old? The customer says, Well, can I smell it? I don't even think I could pass that test. Never mind, thanks. Make way, folks. Douchebag coming on through. Then another character, Jimmy, says, Are you okay? Cover the counter. I I need to clean my head. After that last customer, my brain feels like a loaded gun. We see Vinny run towards the cooler where the ice machine is located, closing the door behind himself. He kneels in front of the ice bin. His left arm is wrapped around a pail that's in an embracing fashion. His right hand gently caresses the sides of the pail. 
He gingerly traces the front of the pail as if it was identifying facial features. To himself, Vinny says, It wasn't supposed to be this way. I didn't want to do that. Jimmy shouts out from the back, I could really use some help right now. Vinny emerges from the cooler, acting not quite right. Who's next? The customer goes, Are your oysters fresh? What kinds do you have? You have a choice of four. What is your favorite? It's a toss-up between the Chesapeake and the Blue Points. The customer goes, I believe I had the ones from the Chesapeake before. Do you think I'd like the Blue Points better? What do you, what do the Blue Points taste like? We see the customer handling all the shellfish. Vinny goes, Hey buddy, you mind? That's someone's dinner you got your mitts on there. Customer goes, What? You don't want me to touch them? Why you put them out here for? We see Vinny's eyes widen as his hands clench and unclench with an intense stare due to the customer touching the shellfish. I put them out so you could see them. The customer goes, How am I going to see them if I can't look at them? What if I like the Chesapeake's better than the Blue Points? What's the difference in taste? Vinny responds, I like the oysters from Long Island Sound the best because they taste just like a mermaid's twat. The customer waves his hand in the air and walks away, cursing under his breath. We see the assistant manager, Sam Bercy, make a beeline towards Vinny. What am I going to do with you? You've been a naughty boy, haven't you? Vinny responds, piss off. This is the second complaint I had today. We see Sam attempting to put his hand on Vinny's shoulder. Do me a favor, back up, you're crowding me. We see Sam invade Vinny's personal space. Your feet may be larger than mine, however, my little feet will hurt you. We see Sam's eyes slowly move from his boots, languidly traveling up his legs. His gaze slowly hovers around his waistline and eventually terminates, staring deeply into his eyes. Vinny responds, How about I fillet those fingers and mail them to your boyfriend? Sam responds, I'm a happily married man. Ba fangu, you mezzafanook. I'm out of here. With arms crossed, Sam begins to open his mouth as if to say something, then thinking better of it, he bites the inside of his cheek. Before Vinny could reach the truck, Vinny's name was announced over the PA system, directing him to see the Don. While en route to Don Michael's office, Angelo appears. Vinny, got any money for me? Don't you have a job? What what happened to working at the Brooklyn Navy Yard? I'm between things, but I, I want you to hook me up with the Don. Forget about it, especially after you handled things so poorly with Richie. Why give up that gig so you could be the butcher from Bensonhurst? Angelo's face gets flushed red while snot runs out of his nose. We see Angelo, in a moment of impulsivity, grab Vinny's chest with both hands. He makes a fist while twisting his hand, clutching Vinny's shirt as if to shake him then quickly recovers by brushing his clothes off. Sorry, not for nothing. You touch me like that again, I'll bury you where you stand. Angela responds, Vinny, you got me all wrong. I got the situation, and I, I can't get into it right now. I need cash. I promise I'll pay you back. We see Vinny shake his head back and forth in disbelief. He pulls out a wad of folded bills out of his front pocket and pulls a rubber band off. 
So, I mean, that that was a, an interaction that I was writing. I just envisioned these two characters as brothers and that sibling rivalry and just how, you know, in, stuck in that world, one was envious of the other and constantly at odds. And it came from a real place, I think. Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm not telling tales out of school, but... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But, uh, yeah. How do you... How would you... Mm, give a synopsis of your story. I, 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 it's a hard one to like without giving stuff away. True. Um, I again, like I, I see him as a an ineffectual person, Vinny. somebody Vinny, and he he wants to strive for something that's much larger than himself, but he's inundated with all these negative thoughts and people around him. It, it's growing up in the projects and. You know, trying to make something better of himself. And actually, there's a lot of twists and turns, and it, it does turn out to be a positive story. However, I, I take you on this journey that uh, delves deep. It's it's a person who descends into the heart of madness. The, uh, the person <laughs> is clearly not wrapped too tight, mm-hmm. but in, in the event of uh, suffering a miscarriage, uh, excuse me, a uh, stillbirth, the character descends into madness, and uh, something that was going to be a joyous occasion, he brings a uh, an a-, a stuffed toy for the baby, and it just that becomes his conscience, his alter ego, if you will. That's strong stuff. Yeah, yeah, that, that's awesome. Uh, well, not so awesome. It's dark. <laughs> it's that's dark. dark. Yeah. I, I just liked something about, you know, you know, on Facebook, like you said earlier, yeah. somebody died. Let's like it. You know, I just, <laughs> I just did that. I, you know, I, I, oh God. No, but yeah, it's pretty lethal stuff that you're dealing with there. And it, you, like you said, it goes to a dark place. You've got some Dante and Inferno yes. references. And you said also the five, um, five, uh, uh the five stages of, uh, depression. of depression, actually. It's, in Dante's Inferno, uh, there's circles of hell that um, he must travel through, and Virgil is the guide, and I use that name in an effort for the, the stuffed animal becomes a life. It's animated, and I envision it almost as a, like, like a wise guy type of uh, th- that vernacular, like a South Bronx uh, dialect. And the uh, the stages... In, in reality, of uh, depression is uh, bargaining, acceptance, uh, denial, and uh... <laughs> I know we both threw a blank there. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, and it's that. I, I tie that in. <laughs> That's funny. Um, now, the thing of it is, now what you should tell people is uh, uh, people's people's is. Um, we were drinking really good wine. Yes, no, um, nice. <laughs> decent wine. What uh, what was this contest that you submitted your oh, work? Yeah, to? it was. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, sure, definitely. I was in the um, it was the International Page Awards. It's a uh, yearly contest that uh, young screenwriters join, and uh, it's it's for people who are never published, and you submit. And this work of mine, I created within thirty days. And there was kind of a like a mad dash to get it out. Uh, I knew the contest was coming up, and I'm just in a great place right now, and uh, just feeling very creative. And I wrote this, and I foolishly 
sent it out without going through the proper channels in the sense of uh, you know, making sure everything was correctly formatted. Uh, writing it within 30 days, there were still some items I didn't know. So right now this work is in revision. However, it scored very well, uh, promising enough. Taking outside of the fact that the formatting structure, th- there were certain issues, uh, received high remarks. Uh, mm. I needed a score of 60 to enter the second level, and it was a 52. So uh, within eight points, uh, that's not a bad place to start, actually, Dave. Damn good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I mean, let that be a lesson to people. You know, you did this, you banged it out because it was about passion. Mm-hmm. The formatting thing, honestly, is like a bunch of bullshit to me. Uh, it, total bullshit. Uh, let's tell the story. Content. It, yeah. Uh, it's, it's about the content. Is it interesting? If you worry so much about formatting, yeah, of course, then the, the wrong people are going to review it and shoot you down. But you still, the content is, you know, that's what's missing, and that's why TV sucks. Mm-hmm. Movies suck. Let's go back and uh, reboot everything because er- people are afraid of looking at an original idea because they're using formatting as an excuse. Uh, oh, you didn't do it right. Yeah, but you, the person that's looking at you and editing that, yeah, how much shit do they have out there? Probably nothing. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that, that's a very good question. Nothing yeah. substantial. Nothing substantial. They want to shoot you down. Like we're talking about the academics and the, the you know the professors that want to review and put you down. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? That little without using names. Yeah, sure, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I, I have somebody that uh, he's a real mentor to me, and uh, he's pushing things along. And he more or less did like a test group, and he ran it past uh, this one person who happened to be a, a professor in Harvard. And initially, he was like, oh, th- this is uh, horrible. It's, it's, it, there's syntax errors, there's grammar issues. This is something that uh, totally is unbelievable. Uh, either he's a, a genius or a maniac. And they said, uh, I'll give him $800 for it. And uh, granted, I'm, I'm getting this information from him. And he's like, how does that sit with you? I'm like, well, you know, I, I knew that maybe there were some errors and what, but if it's that worthless, why offer 800 bucks? I mean, what is that? And that's where the bullshit lies. Yeah. Uh, right there. Oh, yeah, a period out of place. Oh, you didn't double space here, but damn, that story is good. I want it. I'm going to steal it. You know, like. Well, yeah, definitely. That's, yeah. that, that's what it it's resonated bullshit. in me. Yeah. And jealousy. So much jealousy out there. And I've witnessed it myself. And it's just ridiculous. You know what? You're right what you're right. If it's good and people love it, They'll come back for more, but yeah, the formatting errors. Yeah, that's something you know editors are supposed to get paid to do. Sure. Um, and if there are any editors out there? <laughs> if there are, are there any left? I don't know. I we can do this ourselves. You, you read it ten to fifteen times. You let uh, maybe five other people read it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who needs the editors if that's the way it's going to be? And it's all about syntax error. You, you know how much right. good art is missing. I mean, when's the last time a person went up to somebody you knew that paints or draws pictures and says, "Why did you use blue?" Yeah, that never happens. Right. It never happens. So that's, that's where I draw the line with the formatting and the bullshit. But anyway, yeah, then right there, right, that says he wanted your story. Yeah, yeah. That makes me angry, but (laughs) I'm glad you, well, you held on. Oh, definitely. Most definitely. So where do we go from here? Uh, Do you want people to read your stuff right now? I don't think you want to give anything out or email address or anything like that. It's up to you. Um, you know, it's, it's still, I, I like to deliver a finished product, so I'm still working on it, and definitely you, you'll hear more from me to come. We know this. Uh, I'm, I'm working on two other uh, plays right now, but I, I just need to get this formatted correctly. Uh, 
reading up, just being diligent about that, and uh, looking forward to you know more contests and more uh, feedback for sure. Sounds excellent. I mean, yeah, great foot in the door. Uh, maybe there'll be a novelization of your work at some point. We mm-hmm. could look forward to, and then you could do it the way you want to do it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But at the same time, you know, it, it, you're you're making. I mean. What you did was incredible. Thank and to get the answer, and I read what the judges sent you. Mm-hmm. That alone should be framed. They Thank paid attention. You. They paid attention. And I, I love that, that you have a hard copy in your hands that is actually marked like a paper, <laughs> like like how you were, we were in school, and it's just like X this, and a, they, you know, there's a big line through a sentence. Mm-hmm. And, but not a lot. Not a lot. They couldn't really pick your work apart that much. What they picked apart were things that they really tried to pick apart. They tried too hard. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, makes them weak. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Jim Castiglione, we're going to be hearing a lot from this guy, I think. What do you think? Awesome. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, thanks for listening, folks. Podcast. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former submarine officer who spent 22 years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Deep leadership is real-world, actionable leadership advice from John and his expert guests. Become a leader worth following. Subscribe today. Electric Acid. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's no, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big on this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.